Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into a daily edition of Crossed Up, a Phillies podcast. This one coming to you on Wednesday morning, April 5th. Finally, a Phillies win to talk about. It only took 154 days since their last victory, Game 3 of the World Series over the Houston Astros at Citizens Bank Park. You had to wait for it. You had to wait for it at the start of this season. But after four rough games, Phillies finally are in the win column and will look to take two out of three against the Yankees up in New York on Wednesday afternoon, Aaron Nola in a bounce-back spot against Garrett Cole, who was absolutely lights out, 11 strikeouts over six innings in his first start back on opening day. And I will tell you what, it has been a rough go here. And I've heard the point mentioned before. It's been said, if you lose four in a row in the middle of August, the middle of July, nobody's really going to care. Well, guess what? The Phillies didn't lose four in a row in the middle of August or the middle of July. They lost four in a row to start the season, a season in which people really believe that they have an opportunity to get back to the World Series. This team is built to win. It's built to win now. And I said it the other day on Monday with our episode uh, with myself and Anthony Sanfilippo, our full episode. You know, you are allowed to be annoyed. You are allowed to be upset about what transpired for this team down in Texas and in the opener on Monday night against the Yankees. They weren't good. They weren't crisp. They looked ill-prepared to play baseball. But finally last night, the Phillies looked like the team that we thought we were going to see when they opened up last Thursday down in Texas. And of all guys in this rotation, it's Matt Strom who comes in and he acts as the stopper. Four innings pitched. He allows just one hit, one walk, three strikeouts, and he really provided a jolt to a Phillies pitching staff that was in desperate need of one. And then he gets five innings quality relief behind him, whether it's Jose Alvarado who strikes out the side in the sixth, needs 12 pitches to do it. A big-time performance from Connor Brogdon works two innings to keep things where they need to be. And then turns the ball over to Craig Kimbrell, who has a shaky ninth inning, but does get the job done nonetheless. And then, of course, there's Andrew Bellotti, who, again, just continues to be a a really under-the-radar effective guy out of the bullpen for this team. Yet another appearance for him here in the early going, and he has been certainly a workhorse for the Phillies to get things started. So, you know, listen, there was a lot to feel good about last night, and you kind of got the sense that this was coming. You could see even in some of these losses, as sloppy as they've been, there were things to feel good about. You have more than half of your lineup getting off to a pretty good start at the plate. They're hitting fairly well. I mean, you're talking about a team that's producing about 10 hits a game coming in. They just have not been able to score. And it's not like last night they busted out and they put up a 10 spot on the board. But we saw some things that you have to be pretty happy about. Kyle Schwarber has been one of the few guys on this uh, team and in this lineup that's really gotten off to a slow start but obviously sets the tone early on last night with a long 410-foot home run out to right field. Good to see that. You hope that that kind of gets him going uh, after a little bit of a shaky start. Brandon Marsh hits his first home run of the season. But 
you expect that from the Phillies. You don't expect the Phillies to come through the first four games of the season with just one home run. Like that's not that's not what you think about when you think about this Phillies lineup. You know, in time, those home runs are going to come. It's inevitable. But what you aren't sure about is with Bryce Harper out of the lineup, with Reese Hoskins out of the lineup. Are they going to be timely? Can they get the hit when they need it? And to date, before last night, they hadn't been able to do that. And I think of all the things to be excited about or to feel really good about from an offensive standpoint last night, it's that fifth inning. And it's Trey Turner coming up with a huge two-out hit to extend it from a 2-0 to a 3-0 lead. And then Schwarber poking the ball through the right side, where previously that probably would have been an out last season with the shift, extends the lead to 4-0 at the time. And it's just being able to string together hits, get big hits, two outs, something this team did struggle with at times even last season, got off to a really rough start with it this season, especially on Saturday, Texas. On Sunday night uh, in Texas, on Sunday night baseball, it was just a, a tough watch. And so they're finally able to come through there. And the one thing that I guess I continue to think about in all of this is what would it have been like if the Phillies came back to Citizens Bank Park for the home opener winless? I think that people understand it, it's been said. It's a long season, 162 games. You can overcome a, a, a tough start, a tough first week. Good teams can get really hot, string together 18 out of 20, and then more than undo an 0-3, 0-4, 0-5 start. It's possible. But when you're talking about just such an ultra-competitive National League East with Mets, who have not been great, and certainly the Braves, who have been outstanding here at the start of the season, you can just ill afford to fall behind by six, seven, eight games the first month of the season, especially when you know that you're kind of coming in in a chase position as it is. Phillies are a National League pennant contending team. They went to the World Series last year. They beat the Braves in the playoffs last year, but they also finished the regular season double-digit games behind Atlanta. They are coming in from a chase position. We know that this Braves team is really good. So can you afford to stumble out of the gate a little bit? Sure. But it cannot be an avalanche of bad momentum out of the gate. You can't come out seven, eight, nine games behind, and, and that was a real possibility. You lose that second game to the Yankees, and then you face Garrett Cole, who looked like he was in midseason form in his first start. What would 0-6 have looked like at Citizens Bank Park? It's it's a It would have been a truly bizarre dynamic. And, I mean, it was said last night on the broadcast, no team had ever started uh, 0-5, 0-6 to begin a season and then gone on to make the World Series. So, you know, history would suggest that they would have been in deep trouble at that point. We've seen certainly plenty of teams, including the 22 Phillies, get off to a poor start over a six, seven, eight-week span and then recover. But nobody's been so bad right from the jump. So, you know, it's, I think if nothing else, I'm sure that the confidence in that clubhouse was pretty strong right from the start. I, I believe that. I, I truly don't think that anybody was looking around and saying like, man, are we not as good as we thought we were going to be? Are we not the team that everyone expects us to be? I don't think anybody thought that. But as a fan, you're sitting there going, oh, wait a minute, you know, what, what's the deal here? The entire pitching staff looks behind. The offense isn't clicking at the right times. They, they look 
sloppy. They looked like they had a lack of concentration. Now, I don't know how many how many of our listeners are focused only on the Phillies. Watch the Phillies day to day. I'm sure that we all don't have infinite time to, to you know go around and whip around the MLB schedule on a daily basis. But, you know, working from home, have MLB Network on, watching Quick Pitch, watching some of the other live action that's on TV, I just felt like the Phillies looked like they were behind almost every other team. Um, I, I would have really, really been, from just a from a human standpoint, kind of curious to see what it would have looked like, uh, you know, in the home opener, whether that's Thursday, weather permitting, or if they have to push it back to Friday. Uh, it would have been a hell of a dynamic to watch that unfold, but... Fortunately for the Phillies, fortunately for fans, they do not have to deal with that. Um, they have an opportunity. I think what you have to do is sort of look at it on a week-to-week basis. And certainly the first week of the season is a little bit abbreviated because you're starting on a Thursday against the Rangers. But I think if you just look at these first 10 games, if you have an opportunity, after, especially after going 0-3, 0-4 to start the season, if you have an opportunity after Sunday, you get through Sunday in that opening series at home, and you're sitting there at four and four and five. I, I think you have to feel pretty good about that. You've you've sort of averted that disastrous start that that everyone was kind of feeling. Oh my God! Like this is actually this actually has a chance to happen. So they have some work to do here, and it it all starts in in Wednesday's game, and we'll kind of turn the page here. And we're going to do these throughout the season. Uh, we record our main show Monday and Friday. It's uh, myself, Anthony, and then Anthony's son at times jumps in for a three-man show. And then during the week, after games, we have these reaction podcasts. And, you know, I, I think that what we will do on these shows, I saw Anthony went 27 minutes uh, in his. I will not be making it quite that long here, but... What I think we want to do is talk about some of the key points and some of the things that unfold from the night before, from the day before, and then we want to turn the page and kind of look ahead at what's next. And because it's a kind of a feel-good show here and it's going to be a quick hitter, I think that we've sort of said everything. It's not so much about the game last night, although I will say one of the the big takeaways for me was the pitching. It's starting to look, you know, it started to look like it was stabilizing here. It was so concerning. It wasn't just a a bad Aaron Nola start or a bad Zach Wheeler start. It's just that every single pitcher looked behind with, you know, the exception of Alvarado and and Bilotti. Last night you're seeing multiple guys come in, contribute, look sharp, rebound. Connor Brogdon specifically for me was was phenomenal, uh, really encouraging because I think so much of his game and so much of his performance is based on, on momentum. But that being said, I, I think what we want to do is we want to talk about the night before and then we want to turn the page and look ahead. And what you have now for the Phillies I think is a really, really interesting spot on Wednesday afternoon against the Yankees. And listen, I, it's not a standings game for me. It would be really nice to come back to Citizens Bank Park, kick off the home schedule at 2-4 and four as opposed to 1-5. and five. I will not lie to you. I think from a psychological, from a, a mental standpoint, 2-4 and four sounds infinitely better than 1-5. and five. The hole is a little less deeper at that point. It does give you an opportunity to potentially, even with a sweep, get to Sunday night over 500, uh, which felt like a stretch uh, just you know, a few hours ago, frankly. But if nothing else, set you up for a two out of three scenario where you're kind of hovering around the 500 mark. You're not digging yourself you know, five, six, seven games under 500 out of that type of hole. And that's what's interesting about this game on Wednesday. The Phillies are going to be up against it. And it's an interesting early test for an incomplete lineup that is certainly going to look a lot different should they make the postseason uh, this this October. But you get a guy in Garrett Cole who was phenomenal on opening day for New York. And, you know, 
this is a real test. Can this line up with Trey Turner, with Kyle Schwarber? There should be enough firepower here to compete, but can they scratch across enough offense to kind of give Aaron Nola a shot? And this game, to me, is all about Aaron Nola. And every game this season is going to be some referendum on Aaron Nola and what he is or what he isn't and what should the Phillies do with him. And we all know the story at this point. Contract talks. There was a lot of optimism early in the spring that this was going to get done. It doesn't get done. All the messaging around the negotiations has been positive. The Phillies are saying the right things. Aaron Nola's side are saying the right things that, hey, listen, there's we want to get a deal done. There's a lot of admiration from the player towards the organization, from the organization towards the player. We understand that. That's great. That's all fine and well. There can be all the admiration in the world and all the want to in the world. But if you're going to take a hardline stance that, hey, listen, I am worth X, whatever X may be, maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of $200 million, and the Phillies simply say, like, we aren't interested in that. We like you as a pitcher, but we just aren't going to allocate that type of commitment, that type of financial resource to you. Then these two sides could go their separate way. But you get an opening day start from Aaron Nola where he cruises for three innings and then he bombs in the fourth. And there are a lot of different things that can be going on there. It's maybe he's not revved up enough. Maybe he hasn't had quite enough work to, to kind of enter the season and be as sharp as he could be. Maybe the p- pitch clock thing is real. Nobody wants to hear that. Absolutely nobody wants to hear uh, the pitch clock. Can't have it. Can't be done. We, you, you have to figure it out. And I don't want to hear about the pitch clock after that first start either. But whatever the case may be, Aaron Nola was not very good on opening day. And after all of the wait and all after all the buildup and, and then kind of under the context of this offseason negotiation that never got to the finish line, people were saying, hey, man, you want the money. you got to perform in big spots. And this has always been the conversation about Aaron Nola. And you can point to the game against the Astros late in the regular season that pushes him into the playoffs for the first time since 2011. You could talk about his postseason starts early on against the Cardinals, against the Braves, how good he was. Or if you're on that that other side that's kind of got this predisposition to say that Aaron Nola is not an elite pitcher, you should not pay him that type of money, then you're going to point to the NLCS start against the Padres where he had a lead, couldn't protect it, and then certainly uh, a rocky World Series, a rocky end to his season last year. Well, this is another one of these referendum games, and they're not all going to be quite to this extent, but opening day, a lot of attention, a lot of eyes on the player at that point doesn't get it done. Well, here's another referendum game because you're going up against that elite class of pitcher. There, you know, no matter where you have Aaron Nola, I think that even his most, you know, ardent supporter is not going to say that he's a top five pitcher. Like you come into today's game and say, if I have to go win a game today, maybe there are some people out there like this. I'm not one of them. If I have to go win a game today, it's a rubber match game. It's a pivotal game. Got to have it. You know, I'm going to feel a little bit better about where Garrett Cole is at right now and where Aaron Nola is at. And that does not mean, and we have seen Aaron Nola outduel other aces. We've seen Aaron Nola deliver in big spots. This isn't, you know, some hot take radio thing here about Aaron Nola. But I, I will say, if you want to be that guy, if you are looking to command that type of contract, this is another game that fans, maybe even the organization, Maybe not openly, but maybe privately they point to and say, okay, what did you do when we really needed you to to get a series win early on against another ace pitcher? Unfortunately, like this may seem insane because if he doesn't pitch well today and then he goes on over his final 31, you know, 30, 31 starts of the year and he's brilliant, you say, oh, come on, like who cares? It's April 5th, not a big deal. But this is how we consume the season, you know, and it's almost like the disclaimer that I want to put out there, which is. 
I know. It's one of 162. It's April. You can't win the World Series the first week of the season. But you consume it as a fan. You live for it as a fan. These are the talking points. And the Aaron Nola situation is a huge one for this organization moving forward. It is a massive decision that this team has to make. How far are they willing to go to retain a homegrown player, a face of the franchise type of guy, a guy who's been here since the start of this rebuild throughout this process, these starts are important. People are going to go back to them. They're going to look at them. They're going to evaluate them. And so I am extraordinarily curious to see how he performs this afternoon up in New York against the Yankees with a series on the line before the Phillies come back to Citizens Bank Park. And man, it would feel a lot better for everybody involved if the Phillies can get their first series win of the season, get back to Citizens Bank Park at two and four and kick off the home schedule. That is all we have for today's daily show. I told uh, Russ Joy, who obviously does snow the goalie with Anthony Sanfilippo, uh, that I would not run into the 20-minute marks here. I would not run into the 25-minute marks. And I think where we're at early in the season, without anything to get really crazy about, 15, 16, 16 and a half minutes, that feels like long enough for today. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we will continue to do these throughout the season. We will toy with the, the format here, try to make them a little tighter, try to make them a little bit better. Uh, maybe I'll try to be a little bit crazier at times, but I had my coffee jumped in here for a little bit early this Wednesday morning, and we will be back tomorrow uh, after uh, the third game here against the Yankees and ahead of the home opener uh, assuming that it does get played as scheduled on Thursday with some bad weather in the Philadelphia area. Uh, and then we will talk to you, both Anthony and myself, we will talk to you on Friday during our normal episode. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Be sure to check out our primary show on YouTube. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast. Make sure that you're following along and subscribing. Thanks a lot. Talk soon.